When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Minneapolis. I was really loud. I have a lot more energy than I thought I did. I'm Gabe Ibrahim with our Her Hoop Stats team. They're all going to introduce themselves in just a second. But before we do that, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Her Hoop Stats. There's going to be no like bug thing because it's like late here and we're trying to go hang out. Uh, in the great city of Minneapolis, but everyone go go across, introduce yourself, and start like the great cold city. Of yes, Minneapolis. yes. Like, hi everyone, Megan Gower here. What's up? I'm Calvin Wetzel. <laughs> hey, Aaron Barsley here. Uh, so I think the, the the way we're doing this um, is just we're all gonna give a take. So we're just gonna give one take. We're all gonna talk about it. And we're going to get in and out. We were here today. Uh, you guys got went to go see all the press conferences. I went to go, like, see where all the coaches were. And, like, literally every coach in America is here. So I think we learned some things. I think we all have takes. Um, we're going to start. Let's see. Megan, what's your take? You start us off. Yeah. So I think one thing we heard a lot about in the press conferences was talking about, like, the NCAA and the push for equity in the women's tournament and – that, I mean, there's definitely been strides to improve it, mm-hmm. get, don't get me wrong, but, like, maybe we're missing the mark a little bit on, like, what that actually yeah. means in terms of, like, it doesn't mean that everything has to be the same as the men's tournament. It doesn't just mean that, like, there's some pretty much madness blankets on yeah, the Yeah, I was about to say, the pretty much madness blankets, though, like, <laughs> that is dope. equity. Yeah, but We're done. Not. We're good. We can, we can, we can stop now. <laughs> but it's, like, I think Jeff Wells put it perfectly that it's, like, it's not about doing everything the exact same way the men do it. It's about treating the woman fairly compared to the men. And I think that's a big point. Like, it doesn't have to be the same. I think there's things that probably should be done differently. It's a different tournament. There's things that should be different, but... It doesn't all have to be the same. No, there's different priorities. And, like, you know, Cal and I were actually I, – I, I think it's a good time to bring up our conversation that we were having about Anna Wilson and how, you know, 
it, they're going to show Russell Wilson talking about yeah. this game, and like, would they? Would that, you know, go the other way, right? Uh, of like, if Anna was at Russell's game, would they show her? And like, you know, I, I, that's not like necessarily the same thing we're talking about, but I do think of it in the same vein of like, well, are do we have to do everything the same, or is it? Are we trying to reach different audiences, right? right. Like, I like I like Calvin's take uh, on on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry. So everybody loves Calvin's day. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the setup, Kate. Uh, well, yeah, we were talking earlier about, you know, and we're here, so we're not going to see all the halftime shows and pregame mm-hmm. and whatever, but everyone who is, I think what you're going to see is the 101 course, the women's basketball 101 course, and they're going to say things like, well, if you haven't seen Paige Beckers play yet, now's a chance to see someone really good. But really, who among us hasn't seen right. Paige Beckers play yet? Why do we need to say things like that? Because... It's like you said, what audience are you trying to reach? <laughs> and the audience you're trying to reach with that is people who haven't watched women's basketball, which there's a, there's a place for that to bring in new fans and to reach new fans, but there's also a place for people like us who actually know the sport and follow it and, and have watched these players before, and I don't think there's really very much coverage, at least on a national level, for people like us. Yeah. I think that is true, but I guess I'll be the contrarian. Some yeah. people have a good <laughs> podcast. You know, We often agree a lot. Um, I disagree because if you think about the ratings we saw, which have been great to see on television, um, you know, most of the audiences for the, I believe, Sweet 16 and Elite Games were on the order of 1 to 2 million people. Last year, I believe 4.1 or so million people watched. So 2 million people have not seen Paige Beckers and are only really tuning in for the Final Four. And I think if you look at, I mean, it's Thursday night tonight, it's been a blur. Uh, for everybody that covered mm-hmm. women's basketball for the last month. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think there is more of the basketball 101 coverage in the men's game, at least on the main broadcast, than um, you might think. Right. I think there are tons of people, like I have personally have friends that are just getting into women's basketball. Like their big takeaway from the UConn season is they would have won that game at Oregon if Oregon didn't have such a crazy court, right? I mean, yeah. they're just coming at it from <laughs> such a different angle than us. I think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that uh, we're so immersed in it. And so it is cool to get, we don't. We definitely don't get quite as many cool breakdowns. I forget who does some amazing NFL film stuff. It's like one wide receiver and one defensive back on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And they do these amazing like three minute breakdowns that is exactly the kind of content you want. We don't get a ton of that, but I feel like they do give us some during the game. Again, we're not gonna see it this weekend and um but i think so much of the audience especially when the audience is growing because they haven't really seen a ton of them so um you know maybe i'm a, an apologist maybe um <laughs> i'm sort of thinking about everything we do at her hoop stats and you know i think that um you know we're very fortunate a lot of people that follow you know, part of the reason you're all part of the team is because you follow closely enough that you found us but so many people in the world have not found us and i think the same amazing and maybe they've now heard of Paige Becker they might have even heard more about Sonona Prince based on last mm-hmm. year and how she blew up than Paige Becker frankly and they might not have ever seen her play well yeah. like sorry if I could just jump in like I, you're right like there are a lot of people who haven't seen Paige Beckers and there's definitely like a need for that one-on-one coverage like I don't think that should be eliminated but I think part of growing the game is adding on to that also yeah. the 201 and the 301. Yes. And so we have with all of them because I think right now it's almost exclusively 101 coverage no. when you're talking about national media. I, I, yeah, and I was trying to say that's so hopefully that came through. But like one of the things that I thought was most 
about the thing I've covered that I like the most was I don't know if I don't, I'm probably the only one that watched the Field of 136 coverage show that they did on Selection Sunday. It was like 10 o'clock, yeah. and I forget who was on, but it was great. And they just they talked about the women, they talked about the men, and it was it was basketball 101. But it was equal. I mean, it really, literally was for both. They really did treat them the same way. Yeah, I think we get lost a lot on, like, coverage of the women's game. I'm like, oh, they only focus on, like, this one, two storylines. But I think that's how... UConn. Yeah. Yes, UConn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make it not about UConn. But, but, I mean, well, part of it it hasn't been UConn all season. There have been other storylines this season. But... I think that's how basketball is covered at that level in general. Like, if you think about the men's tournament, right, the stuttery lines have been the Peacocks and the fact that Carolina and Duke might play in the Final Four. Like, (laughs) And I also think that, I know I'm talking a lot, but, like, the women's game has adapted to more than UConn, right? How much coverage does South Carolina men's basketball team get? Not a lot. South Carolina is getting a ton just like UConn now. Same for Iowa, right? I mean, and Iowa had an amazing team last year, right, with Luka... Garza, I think, was the national player of the year on the yeah. men's side, and I think they had probably the runner-up for Nate Smith on both the men and the women this year. And, you know, the point is, like, ESPN hasn't ignored it all. Um, uh, you know, ESPN ha- has found those, and they'll move, you know, they're covering Stanford. Yeah. I think what it is, like, South Carolina is so dominant, it feels yeah. like they're in the Utah so, world now. So to bring it, like, back to Megan's point, though, is, like, I think it, it kind of all plays into it. Like, we're doing basketball one-on-one a lot more, I think, in um, – basketball one-on-one a lot more in the coverage but we're also doing it when we talk about equality like mm-hmm. okay we're only thinking about it as like is everything the same for the men and women if everything's not the same it's it's step back or like oh the, the women's tournament should be way different it's like no like the the real uh answer here is like it should be tailored to mm-hmm. treating the women like they are the, the same level of athlete because they are right so like that's what we have to realize it's not just like we're not just gonna find benchmarks of like, oh, you know, we have now both teams have suites in the in the hotels or like whatever. Like the the gift bags are the same. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff's good markers, but I'd much rather it be equal in terms of like this is this is tailored to the men's experience and this is tailored to the women's right. experience. So I think it, it kind of all plays into that same equity discussion of like, are we trying to like uh, who who's being appeased here? Like who is being uh, targeted with? whatever the policies are for the NCAA or in media is like, are we trying to get after lowest common denominator or are we trying to get after the best answer for the people involved? And I don't know, I think they're doing a decent job, I'd say. Right, and I think it's like, it's not really about the swag bags. Like, yes, that's yeah. what captured, like, all the attention, but, like, no one, like I mean, Jeff Walsh said, no one cares about the gym. Like, it's, yeah. that was only because they were in a bubble. Like, no one's asking mm-hmm. for a weight room here, like, mm-hmm. this year. And, I mean, the swag bags obviously just, it's, like a, yes, nice. they should be equal. They should be nice, but like it doesn't actually matter. Right. <laughs> it's about like having access to the investment in the tournament, the access to resources, the investment broader beyond the tournament, like investing in women's programs. Period. On an yeah. even basis, and enforcing that as well. And, and Gina brought up the point too with the swag bags and, and all that stuff. That yeah, like that stuff's cool or whatever, but that doesn't help them win or prepare <laughs> to play the game. And he brought up how, you know, the women's Elite Eight ends on Monday. Yes. Final Four starts on Friday. Right. They turn around, get home, you know, late Monday night, and then turn around 24 hours, fly out here. Where the men... And, it's, and, let's it's, say, and he was in Connecticut the whole time, right? Think right. about Stanford. Was right. on Spokane. I forget what day that was, huh. but you know what I'm saying, right? Some people weren't had to travel out of state. Yeah, so, well, South Carolina had to go to North Carolina. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. And, it's all a blur. 
and uh, you know, I, th- I think yeah. that's that's a huge part yeah, of it. I think so. That's a huge part of it, and just like you know, having to work around, not that work around, but like you know, having to work with the men's schedule um, is interesting because I, I feel like they've done it a couple different ways this year, right? Of like, oh, we had, uh, I think the Sweet Sixteen, right, was the the day that Miami pl- the Miami men played in the Sweet Sixteen. Those games were in the morning, afternoon. Yeah, they do a good job scheduling around. I, I thought it was good then. And then here we, we put the women at a disadvantage, though. It's like, well, why didn't we just put those games in the afternoon on Saturday? I don't know if that works. Oh, no, I'm happy. I think it makes a lot of sense the way so, it is. I mean, I think given that there are lots of big decisions, I've heard some very interesting suggestions, right? Like one, because we've also talked about, um, and again, contrarian, like I'm not, I can't quite decide if I love using March, March Madness or whether I would love to figure out a way, and I don't know how we would do it, so it's probably not realistic. Yeah. And smarter people than I like the March Madness, but could we come up with our own equally well-known phrase that really just means the, the women's tournament? Um, and I, I don't even think I should say my horrible ideas. No. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's like absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> podcast comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> but the point is, it would be really nice because right now the reality is like it's cool that they're both using it. But if you go Google, if everybody listening, and I'm sure you're also on your computers too, and go yeah. Google um, uh, March Madness, like you're going to get all kinds of women's, I mean men's content, and like I mean, that's the same not thing surprising. happens if you Google like. Miami basketball, you're gonna get the best team. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't even so, know, matter that like I only want ever look right. for women's basketball stuff. If I go Google Miami basketball right it's now, true. it's still gonna give me the best team. You can even type in Miami women's basketball and sometimes it's <laughs> <Yeah. Miami laughs> That is yes. true. You know, I know I had other points too, but I've forgotten them. So I'm gonna remember them in a minute. So I'll get back to that. What were we talking well, about? I, I like that they alternate the final oh. four games, but yeah. like. It used to be until five years ago, the one point Sunday, Tuesday. Why not just go back to that? They have the same yeah. amount of time between so, games. Uh, the other subject, that's right. So one other thing I heard, which was fascinating, I don't really know that I think about it because I think it, it's a good idea because, but the idea would be like maybe we should start the tournament essentially this weekend so that we're not competing against the men. Um, I, don't I don't think, think I like that totally one. You should totally adjust your schedule for it. I, I don't See, really I, you, you can say that, but all kinds of sports do all kinds of adjusting in general, particularly around the NFL. So um, I am less averse to that myself. Um, again, I have some contrarian takes, uh, I, perhaps in general, um, but because uh, you know, I'm really realist. Like it's really more, more contrarian as you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you to the Elliott Park Marriott for providing us a free free. But it is. I mean, we're clearly not yet. Yeah. But it's true. Uh, like we're clearly not there yet in terms of uh, equity equality. Um, but like. I don't know what is. It'll be interesting. Like, how will we ever know that we are right? Like, does it we have to get exactly the same TV ratings? Do we just need to get close to the TV ratings? Um, you know, I'm my um, general thought applies to the WNBA as well, right? Like, it does not need to be exactly as no. big as the NBA, right? Um, we need to invest in it and grow it as much as we can, and like, there's plenty of opportunities to do that, right? But I, I'm excited for like WNBA essentially being a freestanding business, the seed thing that they did mm-hmm. was very helpful. And I think there's been a lot of talk, right, bidding out the contract for the women's tournament separately. And then suddenly there's people at the NCAA whose job is to make as much money off of women's basketball as possible. And guess what's gonna happen? Those people are gonna be incredibly motivated to get as much money as possible out of women's basketball. Chantel Jennings has that great article um, talking about stuff, and one of the things they said was having different, I think it was her, having different tiers of sponsorship. Right now there's no way to sponsor the women's tournament um, without sponsoring the men's, because it's all through the CBS contract. And so, like, all of those yeah. kinds of things. So we can just manage the business. It's not going to make as much, you know, WMA at that point is not going to be making as much of the NBA. But that's fine. They're trying to grow it. You know, 
they're not going to be having the million dollar salary or the zillions of million dollar salaries, but it's all good. No, uh, so by the way, this is the podcast by now. If you if you saw me like looking at the screen, if you're on YouTube, I was trying to see the time here on OBS um, mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure it out. So this is just going to be the podcast we're just talking about. It's everyone else's takes. Sorry. Great. You don't get takes. Um, oh, this is the only. I'm sorry. That's this, the only. This take? is the only take. <laughs> everyone, okay. everyone has Let's a, two, have a parting shot. Everyone had their own. Everyone had too many takes on this one take. <laughs> Therefore, I we have no more takes. Isn't this your whole idea? This I'm is your design. This is my design, but I've abandoned it. You, yeah. I see. I'm. I'm. A, that's why I'm. Like, I think. That, you know. I. There. You have to be adjustable, right? It's March. Right. You have to be yeah. ready to change what you're doing. It's a great halftime adjustment game. Sometimes. sometimes you have to go over the screen, Westmore. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wes. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. we got to talk some actual basketball. Yeah, we can talk. more positive things. I'm not going to let us okay. have a podcast where all Equa- of you. Equity is important, and we are moving in the right direction, and I think the day that we will know that it is here is the day that we don't feel the need to bring it up, it. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hopefully. Maybe that's standard. But maybe that, whatever. I, I think I pers- we all think. Right. Yeah. The women's game is in um, a great place, and like Don said today, like now is the time to invest in women's basketball. Obviously, we all feel like that because <laughs> yeah, we're all doing it. Yeah, we're investing our time. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, uh, let's Gabe. Let's turn around. I'm going to ask you what your hot take is. Oh. That's going to force us because you want to talk to still talk. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, other takes. so my my hot take is actually a cold take that uh, you should bring a coat to Minneapolis it's literally cold take. It's it's a it's a take about cold because it is real cold here. It is like 37 degrees and I forgot my coat uh, at my house as in did Aaron. As did I. I would say you're not alone. Yeah, nice. Left uh, table. Like that was like left side. Number one priority when I was packing was like coat. Yeah. That's cuz you live further north than us in Connecticut. But like you knew you were coming to I, Minis- I did. Minnesota. It's April. I also knew it was April. <laughs> it was 4 a.m. That, that I will accept that as. I was making sure I made it to my airport plane yeah. as well. Yeah, I was, it was I a was rush. Like, it was a rush. I, yeah. I had planned for Monday and Tuesday. Everyone gets to fly to Bradley. Yeah, like Aaron, I do the world's easiest airport experience. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron has kids, so I. You, I think you become like when you're when you're a parent, like you're just way more like your kid would never forget their coat. Well, let's be honest. Really, what it is is usually when I travel, it's like the whole family, including yeah. my wife, and she's much better about. And she's a exactly. <laughs> okay. This is this is that. really my hot take. Is that no. No married man should be allowed to travel without their wives because nah. it is impossible for me to figure out what to do at any time of the day. That's without not my take. I, this is my take. I can't do, I can't like function. And I'm going to send this to my wife, by the way. Um, but like, I can't like function. I don't forget my coat. Like, I'm just like walking around aimlessly in Minnesota getting lost. I have fun. <laughs> I have a great time, but I have no idea what's happening. Married people, right? yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just I'm an idiot. That could also that could also be that could also so that's my that's my take. Cool. Calvin, do you have a basketball take? Because we're a little basketball. I feel like oh. we should have basketball takes on this briefly. Yeah. Did you, are you changing your assessment of any of the teams based on the press conferences? No. Well, because the press conferences didn't talk about basketball, they talked about this stuff. So yeah. nothing about the press conferences changed anything that I think about what's going to happen on the court. So what? So what? Like, what's the one thing that you're sure is going to happen on the court? I am sure that every post player in UConn Stanford is going to foul out. <laughs> <laughs> on both sides. On both that sides. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> the Spider-Man pointing me of Olivia Nelson and Dota's foul rate and Cameron Brink's foul rate. And Maddie yeah. Edwards' foul rate. And you're, Lee, you're a betting guy. Which Let's make an over-under. Which uh, big is going to have the most minutes in that game, Stanford-UConn? Olivia Edwards. Olivia Edwards? Okay. Right. 
if you're a UConn fan, I think that's what you hope for, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... I, I mean, I think they're in trouble without either, but I think literally it does. It's just a little bit different. Well, and Cam... I mean, Cam... So, Brink has been a little bit better. A little bit. Like, she got one yeah. bad call against Texas. If not, she would have had yeah. three fouls. So... That's a fair point. It's a little... It's just getting a little better. I'm, I'll go with Brink on my question. I was going to say Brink, too. Are we going to put in a moment of around... It's frustrating when they take the player out with two fouls uh, in the first quarter. Although I would say maybe with Cameron Brink, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it depends. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, when you like, your guard, you yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I think sometimes, yes, but, like, when you know that you're going to be in a close game, do you want to risk not being able to have Cameron Brink on the floor when the game's, yeah. like, 65 to 68 in the last minute yeah. or something? I don't know. I think... I would take that risk. <laughs> just, it, it depends if you can trust them to not pick up the third. Yeah. We're not there yet with Brink. I would say no. No, <laughs> no. no offense. We she love loves to foul. Yeah. That's like one of her favorite activities is fouling. <laughs> oh, like, is I'm just kidding. Picks up her second foul? Like, yeah. Who, like, I thought if, like, if, like, yeah, if, like, one of UConn's guards picked up their, thir- their second in the first, that would leave her leave I, the bottom. I, like, I, yeah. they know how to play through it. I think, I, I just think she, she's going to play a little cleaner. Brink is. And she's just, she's been crushing it, so like I'm, I'm with the quarter, right? It's all going to depend yeah, like absolutely. who's officiating and how it's officiated too. All like right. that's going to be a big thing. Are there are they are, uh, is UConn getting the uh, the UConn the Bridgeport whistle again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can talk know, about like, that. I don't the remember Bridgeport. It, being it was the same ref that did the UCF game that did oh, the good. NC State game. So I'm hoping they're not going. It's <laughs> Olivia Nelson Dodo who had okay. seven fouls against. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> against I, I think there were bad calls on both ends. I'm not saying. But she did have. She picked up her seventh foul in the first overtime. Um, it's lucky for her they didn't call it. Um, you know, so may, it may. I'm. I'm. I, hopefully, it's a. It's a well called game. I'm assuming in a well officiated game. Um, we are talking about women's. I think. I think. I think Brink could. Uh, I think Brink could could withstand it. I hope. hope. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Uh, I'm going to have a closing thought, maybe, but uh, so who do you got in the uh, Stanford-UConn game, Kel? Stanford. Megan? Oh, it's Stanford. Ah, look at that. Oh! Flip it! Flip it! Actually, South Carolina Twitter needs to acknowledge, right? Megan, I said the least unbiased. I'm going to now anger South Carolina by saying, I think whoever wins UConn-Stanford is going to win the national championship. Do you? Really? That's not where That's are you awesome. on Stanford, Utah? Uh, so I'll go with, I'll go with Stanford. Um, I believe uh, they are, what, they're one-point favorite, right? I, we have a two. I don't know what the betting is. I think is. one, one and a half. Yeah. On book. I, I think I'll take Stanford to win and to cover. Um, so do you. Like you're actually betting money on it. Well, <laughs> no, I, I give my friends advice. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a heater. Uh, I just, if I tell people, like, right, Land, now this one's not going to happen, right? Like, there's no way Stanford covers after I say that. Um, Especially because we all three pick them. It's like you watch NFL Live every time they pick the same. I know. Happens the other way. I was so going to say Stanford, but now I feel like I should pick you. <laughs> yeah, I have to pick you. And my talking point is that Paige Beckers has gotten miraculously healthier in the what is it three days of pregame, um, and is going to look. Well, I mean, more. it's not miraculously healthier. Look what she did to NC State. That's what we said. <laughs> what I thought was really interesting, like I mean, Beckers, right? You agree, and you know better than any of the four of us, I think, right? She's not 100. No, right? so, but Paige Beckers at 90 percent is still better than most players amazing, in right, the country because she's so good. And so, like, she's so calm that she can hit those kind of tough shots without being like signature moment crazy plays that you know we were used to, I guess, more from last year. Um, So, yeah, so that would be my argument. Uh, Beckers, 
going to set a record for Final Four scoring. No, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's not going to be a high-scoring game. She, I mean, she got, like, miraculously healthier between the, like, five-minute mark of the fourth quarter and the <laughs> exactly. two-minute yes. mark of the fourth quarter, and then exactly. she went on, she scored 17 points. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's not impossible. She's, no. like, even... Yeah. She's gained superhuman strength at this point. Um between the NC State game and yeah. that. It's going to be in the next Marvel Being, movie. We all picked Stanford. I'll go with, I think the path for UConn to win, or at least if you want to do that, is like turning Stanford over. Yeah. Like turning turnovers against Texas. UConn's going to have more offense to respond to that than Texas yeah. did. That game was a close game. If yeah. they could turn them over 20 times, UConn could win that my, One of my favorite stats that our newsletter reader has uh, got mm-hmm. today is that this year and last in the tournament, there have been four games won by a team that has lost the turnover battle by, I think, 10 or more. And uh, Stanford has won three of them. The championship wow. against Arizona last year, two. Wow. This. So, and like, of every aside, I forget the other one's Utah, Arkansas. So I guess, was that Ark? I forget who won that game. But uh, beyond those four games, I believe, the next up is like three, right? <laughs> there was like no one who's in yeah. the middle there. Um, so it's like remarkable how they're able to overcome that. Yeah. So it could, it could turn I out don't that you're know right. That overcome that against UConn. UConn only had eight turnovers in a yeah. double overtime game against NC State. Mm-hmm. Well, and UConn, like, of the teams that are left, the one that should hypothetically be the most prepared for Stanford is UConn because they also run a lot of the... Yeah. They run a lot of the chin sets, a lot of the... Very similar. Though so, Gino said he did not like that today. He's like, I'd rather play someone that's totally different. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Just against the all time or something, so they're totally familiar with and then, but then a wrinkle like tosses you out. I guess All that's right. true. Aaron, which, yeah, give us a <laughs> take on South Carolina and Louisville. Well, my biggest take is that um, I would like to know what Aaliyah Boston's mantle looks like at home. Like, how much is away? Did she reinforce it? She, she got so much hardware. She needs a new uh, one this week. I'm hoping she's going to send out a, a picture. It's a room. Um, yeah, it's a room. <laughs> yeah, it's a exactly. trophy room. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, Aaliyah Boston's going to be amazing. You know, are we going to see a 80-point uh, game out of uh, South Carolina, or what was it, a 49? Louisville has a really good defense. If they score 80 they, points, I don't know what went wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, I think as a result, they're going to keep it close. I think that um, Louisville's won so many games, kind of. I mean, I said it about NC State, and it was turned out to be wrong, although it was, like, an overtime situation. So can Louisville hang around? You know, Haley Manlith hit some clutch, clutch shots, and... Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think our model favors uh, them by six, and six it's like hard to imagine them losing, but they lost two games this season, so they certainly could. I think everybody yeah. talks like they're a juggernaut, and they don't realize that there are many, many uh, outcomes, many, many, you know, multiverses well, where they lose. The blueprint is there. The blueprint is there. Thank you to the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> I know not every team is as good defensively as the Miami Hurricanes, or as or as gritty or as tough. Um, <laughs> But there's the blueprint, right? Like, you leave the shooters, you hope it works out. For for UNC, that didn't really work out because South Carolina hit their threes early. So that's like, I brought this up on the last podcast. Like, it's going to be really, we're going to know in the first five minutes whether this, how the offense is going to have to work for South Carolina. And it's just a matter of, like, Ken Louisville hitting enough shots. Um, But I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to go with South Carolina. But I see there is the path for Louisville to win. Okay. I think, like, you know, I keep thinking about Liz Dixon because she's big enough to hang with, with these bigs for South Carolina. She hasn't played. I, I'm not sure how much she played. She didn't play that much against them I don't think so. in the Elite Eight. I don't think she's played that much in this tournament so far. But she's had big moments in the past for this team. 
um, and she certainly is capable. So if she she's going to need to be out there because certainly like Olivia Cockins going to get in foul trouble, mm-hmm. Emily Angsler is going to get in foul trouble. That's just how what happens when you play South Carolina. But if she can you know hold up in her minutes, I think they have a pretty good chance. And then let's be make or miss. Like is if who's better, Destiny Henderson or Haley Van Lith? Right? Who's better? Is that a coach or Chelsea Hall? Yeah. I mean, not better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, better in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? At Gabe Ibrahim. At Gabe Ibrahim. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're at uh, South Carolina Ibrahim. fans know, know, know that. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear from them. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I, I am also going to pick South Carolina in this, but I don't think Olivia Boston can beat Louisville by herself. And if mm-hmm. South Carolina's guards do not make, like, if Zion Cook and Destiny Henderson don't. Yeah. A score an offense and not just score, but they can't go like five for 20 combined because yeah. that happens fairly regularly with the South Carolina team. They yes. have to be better than that to win this game. So you're all picking South Carolina? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. You're last. Gamecock, go. Twitter. Going with Lou. All right. <laughs> Asking for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> cash app. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop the cash app. <laughs> request. Request. Yeah. Request. Uh, or yeah, uh, well, you brought up the defensive, you know, the blueprint and everything, and I think. Number one, Jeff Walls is as good as anyone mm-hmm. at coming up with those defensive blueprints, and his game planning is just, like, next level. And number two, like, when you look at it, obviously a lot of teams have tried this blueprint and failed. When you look at the last game against Creighton, they left shooters with miles of space, and mm-hmm. it didn't matter because Creighton's full of six-foot flat people, and South Carolina's full of six-foot-five people, yeah. and so they could just get the ball Creighton, inside. Creighton, we, we love you. We <laughs> love you. No love Tatum Rambau, we love you. But yes, continue. Morgan Molly. Louisville has the personnel, though, to yeah. do it. They have the talent, because it doesn't matter how good your game plan is if you're not big enough and talented enough. Sorry, Creighton. But Louisville has the personnel and the talent to do it if the game plan is good enough. And like you said, like Haley Van Lith, she's scored 20 points in every tournament game. Mm-hmm. She's on one right now. I, like if she shows up like that, like I think yeah. Louisville can win this game. Angsler's gonna have to have some shots too. Mm-hmm. She's gonna yes. have to make some shots, and she's she's done it sporadically, and she's capable of it. But she's gonna have to hit some shots or too. some steals. She's been setting yeah. the record. Uh, but, well, but she if, if if you know when South Carolina can just like pin their uh, yeah. it's not I know it's a football term, but like pin their ears back and essentially just like fly around on defense and look for blocks and get rebounds like. You need that spacing, and if she's not, they're not yeah. gonna. I think they're gonna come out and like not respect her, so they can get Saxton or whoever is her assignment just closer to the rim. So if they, if she hits some shots, especially early, I think that'll really open it up for Louisville. Um, I think I, you're right. I think that uh, one thing people forget. One thing that I like the four teams in the final four this year are like number one, two, four, and five in our herd hoop stats rating. Mm-hmm. We sort of talk about Louisville, and they haven't quite been in the class of the other uh, really. NC State, I would actually say Stanford and South Carolina all season. But, like, we forgot they've been right up there all season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a one seed for a reason. And, the gap, you know, when you get to this level, like, the gap is uh, um, just not that much. It's talented. You know, South Carolina favored by far, but it's still quite possible, which yeah. is why we're excited to watch. Yes. And you can't you can't knock a team like Louisville for losing to a team like Miami. You know, it's just when you play these really great teams. That's right, baby. Two Miami matches on the Final Four podcast. I had to get them in. I had to get them in. Um, No, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. I think both games are gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um, Jeff Walls reminded us today that now that we have equity, apparently in the tournaments, 
that both sides, men's and women's, have four in the final four. <laughs> yeah, so the women's side also has a fourth team in Louisville. He made sure to let us know. I think we might have more than equity in terms of quotable coaches. I'm not sure. I've been <laughs> monitoring the men's coach, but I mean, Jeff Walsh thinks right. unbelievable. Yeah. His quote today about how. Uh, what was the exact way it went? It was something about, you know, people think the grass is always greener when he's talking about the oh, transfer yeah. portal, but it's because it's fertilized with bull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe that's a line he uses regularly, but the first time I'd heard it, it's hilarious, I thought. Which is really funny, too, because, yeah. like, a big player on his team is a transfer from Syracuse. But we digress. We digress. Um, because it, I think the games are going to be great, and I think uh, that'll do it for us. Well, I want to leave well, my hot take. No, would you not do your hot take? No, my hot take is that uh, I was going to say oh. forgetting. It is how amazing it is to be here oh, together yeah. with people. It's great to be with the four of you as the, well the rest mm-hmm. of uh, the Herd Hoop Stats team, but also just great to be walking around Minneapolis, seeing people in like the media workroom, mm-hmm. the coaches. Um, I, you know. Uh, her hoop stats, we covered the Columbus in 2018 and uh, Tampa 2019 mm-hmm. uh, Final Four did not, uh, obviously, there was no 2020. Um, and while there was, you know, the rules were kind of funky and so none of us covered in person 2021. So it just feels like kind of being back in the world. It's just so great to see um, not just the folks on our team, people that I've never actually seen in 3D. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Um, but, um, you know, also all of our friends across uh, the women's basketball community, um, you know, all the great words happening, just women's sports, the athletic, the next, the, you know, you name it. There's so many more. I apologize yeah. that I'm going to bore everybody. We've gone way long anyhow. But uh, it's just been really great to see everyone in person. Um, for me, at least, it just feels like, hey, you know, the world's not really back to normal, but it's just. Great to, have, great so, to be a part of it. So to, to recap, your hot take is interacting with other humans is Fine. good. <laughs> I, well, did you say hot take or take? <laughs> that's a, it's just that. a take. It's just that, a take. That's my take. That's it's my biggest take. takeaway from the whole weekend it is, is just how take. great it is to be in in a place with everybody. Wait, is, is take short for takeaway? Is that what that comes from? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just cracked the code, right? Why don't you ask your wife? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was like when I found out "scram" and de- like with the defensive "scram" it actually means scramble. I never knew that. I'm just like, wait, maybe we just figured it out. I'll ask Emily. She has all the answers and my code because I'm gonna be very cool tonight. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that does it for us, uh, the Her Hoop Stats team here in. Minnesota, we will be bringing you a lot more content as the weekend progresses. So we will be back tomorrow night after the games to recap everything that happened. So keep it locked right here on Her Hoop Stats on the YouTube channel, on Twitter, on Instagram, anywhere you can find us. Just like Google it.